after midnight. We're gonna let it all hang. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Midnight Student, an IO psychology podcast where we talk about all things relating to IO and also just being a struggling grad student. So this podcast is sponsored by IOPSA, or the Industrial Organizational Psychology Student Association. Uh, try to say that three times fast, it's really hard, at Hofstra University. I'm your host, Ali Saliolu, and today I'm joined by another fellow student in the program, Ari Heimowitz. How are you doing today, Ari? Pleasure to be here, Ali. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm just excited to have another student on the podcast. Uh, I think we're going to have a a pretty fun time here. Yeah, man. It's awesome that this is the second episode already. I remember talking about this coming up in the pipeline for a while. Yeah. I mean, when I was initially planning out this podcast, I kind of just wanted to make it uh, where I talk to fellow IO experts and uh, professors in the field. But then I thought about it and I, I figured talking to students in the program or whether it be in our program or other IO programs would be a great way to just have fun discussion, hear other students' voices, because we really all are all in this together. And I think we all have unique takes on things. And, you know, it's just, it's just a good way to have a more informal chat where we can really just kick back and discuss pretty much whatever we want. So that actually brings me to uh, the first thing I want to talk about because the holiday seasons are coming up. I think this is a, one of the big uh, IO things that a lot of the students deal with. You go back home to your family and then that dreaded, you know, Thanksgiving dinner question. Oh, what do you do? What do you study? And then we have to go and explain to people what IO is. So have you had any funny, interesting stories like that in, in the, in the past? Oh man, Ollie, way too many. It's, I think for IOs in particular, it's something that, that we always struggle with. People say, oh, what do you study? You say, IO psychology. And the response you typically get is, oh, that's cool. What is it? I'd say probably nine times out of ten. And uh, luckily now I'm in my second year of the master's program like you. So I've already gone through the going home for Thanksgiving and having to explain uh, what IO is to people. But something I get a lot from family members is oh so you're like a workplace therapist and I'm like no I'm not I study the trends of humans in the workplace and I apply scientific research to help um, better the workplace in many different aspects and I just think it's always it's always funny and I'm always struggling to find new and creative ways to explain our field to other people yeah, that's true. I have a friend that I've known for the past eight years now, and he still to this day does not know what I do. So I, I, <laughs> I really think it's funny, but I guess that's what we're here for, you know, to tell people what we do. The big one is, you know, like you said, being a work therapist. I think that one's always a, a good, good one to kind of joke about. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you were also in this video. Um, so I'm the the president of IOPSAR student organization who Ali is hosting this podcast for. Very grateful again to be on here. Uh, we put together a little Halloween video where we asked uh, some of our classmates and teachers to share some of their biggest fears 
And I think one of the funniest ones I saw was hiring based on gut feeling and unvalidated selection measures. I don't those just really I found them funny. Yeah, and and shout out to uh to Kat for making that video. If no one's seen it yet, you know, please, it's on the Hofstra IO Instagram page. You can see it on LinkedIn on uh Kat Muccini's profile. Please give it a watch. It's you know, this is the things that we as IO people have to deal with. But yeah, I mean you know, the, it's just it really is funny when you think about like uh I think you actually mentioned this kind of like off air, how we're almost like missionaries in the workplace because we gotta like go in there <laughs> and spread the good word to people about IO, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not all bad. There are some communication barriers and we have some fears around what people think IO is. But yeah, we were talking about off air. A lot of times we feel like we're uh like we feel like we need to spread the good word of IO psychology because in my opinion, it's it's one of the most underrated hidden fields out there. Um, like I didn't learn about IO as a field until my senior year of college. I don't know about you, Ollie. Yeah, I, I didn't learn about it honestly until maybe my senior year of undergraduate. So I think, and we can also talk about that too. Like, like how you learned about IO and like what made you want to pursue IO in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. So, like I said, I didn't hear about, I don't think I heard the words IO psychology until my senior year of undergrad. Um, I started off, I went into college, like a lot of people, I was pre-med studying hard sciences, and I just couldn't take another chemistry class. So I ended up switching to the business school. And I really enjoyed business, but there was something missing from those classes and I think it was like a human element so I studied psychology and I that really stuck to me and uh someone mentioned one day Ari have you ever heard of IO psychology I said no I gave it a quick google and read a few articles and I was uh like hey I should take a class in this and the university I was at uh at the time didn't offer IO and Fortunately, I guess I uh, ended up transferring and I took an IO class, just an introduction IO class in undergrad. And I was able to see the concepts uh, being taught in class in my workplace at the time. And I was just really uh, hooked, I guess you could say. Yeah. And it really is sad that more uh, undergraduate colleges and even like high schools or, or whatever they don't offer like an intro to io that's all people really need is just that intro to io course and i hear people talk about it a lot you know like oh they found io like years down the road and if we just like had that introductory course or like you know just something like an infographic something that can spread the word of io to people early on i think we'll have a lot more people in this field. And I mean, this field is already growing a lot, but who knows? We could have even more people that are interested in IO. Did you see, um, 
on Instagram, I think it was, or LinkedIn, University of Maryland's I.O. program, one of their classes, it looks like, had their students make infographics about I.O. as a field, and they broke them down really beautifully. They're all over LinkedIn, and I think they're really cool and worth sharing. Yeah, that's actually kind of where I got that infographic idea from, because I knew I saw it from somewhere, and I think it must have been LinkedIn. And I think that's just, that's a cool assignment to have, you know, and like I said, I think people just need to know IO early on, but when, when you were, uh, studying business and, uh, or you were, you said you were interested in business. Yeah. So I, I studied business for a couple of semesters. Do you, do you see any like overlap between business and, uh, IO? Absolutely. I think, you know, IO is really the best of both worlds. What worlds? Not exactly sure, but um, we have the, you know, skills and knowledge to both help people in the workplace, which is really um, something I find super important because it's just a reality that as adults, we spend an incredible amount of time at work. So if we can help that or help make that better for people, super important. But but then on the other hand, our research is geared to improving the bottom line of organizations, improving their effectiveness and making them more profitable. So we get to go in and help both people and the businesses they work for. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And when I was starting out, uh, I was interested in clinical psychology, like most people who major in psychology and at college. And I knew nothing about IO. Like I was saying, I, I think I heard about it my senior year. And, you know, I was like, all right, I'm gonna be a clinical psychologist, you know, this is what I'm studying. Uh, and then I even worked in a clinical lab for a year. But I was always fascinated about how like, uh, things operated at work, uh, you know, how personality played a role at work. And that's kind of like an IO thing too, because we use a lot of personality measures and stuff like that. So even though I have that clinical background, IOs can be related to like almost any field, like even cognitive psychology, like you have, now they're using, uh, that to, I forgot the exact study, but they were using it to see like how people's brains work at work. I don't know. It's just really fascinating stuff. Yeah. I'm more and more. I'm seeing neuroscience be integrated into research and Dr. Shahani, our program director makes a joke that a couple years down the line, companies are just going to scan your brain and they'll know if they're going to hire you or not. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I mean, I was actually talking, uh, last week to Dr. Islam and Hector Martinez for the first episode. And we couldn't really go too much into detail about it, but I really want to talk about AI. And I don't know, maybe it's because I have an obsession with robots and I've seen too many Terminator films. So obviously I don't think that that's where it's going to lead to. But yeah, I don't think the Terminator would be great in the workplace. It's a lot of counterproductive work behaviors. <laughs> He's got going on. <laughs> Seriously. Like, you know, they, they got no emotions. They, who knows if they're programmed the wrong way, they can steal anything, incite violence. Just, it's not a, it's not a good thing for the workplace. 
robots at least. But uh, you know, for Ari mentioned it before, but for everyone who doesn't know, Ari is the president of IOPSA, uh, and by the way, he's been doing a fantastic job, especially given the circumstances, everything moving virtual. And I know everyone's so sick of hearing about COVID and stuff like that, but you know, it really is impacting all of our lives in different ways. So I, uh, you know, just want to give a shout out to Ari for doing a great job. And, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, you know, just being president of IOPSA in these trying times? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate that, uh, that tremendous, uh, consideration you gave me there um it's been interesting you know when I put myself up to run for president at the end of last semester like a lot of people I don't think we imagined that we'd still be online at this point and our school our program at Hofstra is going to be online next semester as well so it's been tough in the sense that we want to keep those connections that we um, that we have as students, like Ali and I were in the same cohort first semester. And I think that just makes grad school a lot easier because it's so hard as it is. Um, name of the podcast, the midnight student just goes to show that, you know, you're burning the midnight candle a lot, getting your readings done, getting your projects done. But, you know, we've just tried to do what we can, uh, hold zoom meetings, We've done numerous events online. We do happy hours. We like to play Jackbox games. Shout out Jackbox. Sponsor us. Um, (laughs) We did a socially distanced trick-or-treat this past weekend, which I think was really cool. Um, You know, I don't know if it's any harder than it normally is, but I think, you know, being on the board yourself, you feel a little bit of pressure trying to keep everyone's spirits up yeah 100 percent uh you know for me personally this has been a huge change just because you know i i was never like a big virtual technology type of person so this definitely has been a big change for me but at this point it's like i've just accepted it and it's almost like a blessing and a curse because uh if we didn't move virtual who knows if this podcast would have happened. I think the moving virtual kind of made a push towards uh, me making this podcast and also just learning more about technology and we're moving towards a technology world in the workplace, especially, you know, there's so many different types of programs you have to learn. You have to know zoom, obviously that's a big one and Excel and all these things. So, you know, it is a blessing and a curse. Yeah, that's right. This podcast um, absolutely is one of the things that came out of um, being virtual through IOPSA. And huge props to you. I don't know if I thanked you before for stepping up and doing this. I'm sure everyone's enjoyed listening so far. And I, I know something that people are struggling with, too, is balancing work and school all from home because you're in the same place. Like, literally, some people, you know, do work, do school, and then go to sleep in the same room. And it's it's hard to create, you know, that kind of balance uh, that you normally could have, uh, you know. 
Yeah, I mean, like, even now, after after this podcast, I got some work to do. <laughs> you know, it never ends. It's like I didn't finish it during the work day, so, uh, you know, I got to stay up and do work from home at, at unorthodox times, but... Uh, Perhaps midnight. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, I named it Midnight Student for a reason. And we do have late night classes, so... You know, I made it kind of a personal thing, but also relating to just our classes and the graduate student experience in general, because I'm sure a lot of graduate students deal with a lot of late nights, whether it be working or reading or just being stressed and burnt out. (laughs) Yeah, man. And you also recently started working at an internship this past semester, right? Yeah, so for all of you who don't know, the, the the second year we're required to do an internship sequence. Uh, so even though the pandemic hit, you know, it was definitely tougher to find an internship. But thankfully, I want to say that most of us have an internship at this at this point. And yeah, I'm I'm interning at Human Results right now. It's an HR consulting firm, and it's been it's definitely been a good experience so far. It's been interesting. I think it's just getting used to the work from home style. Uh, but, you know, hey, what what can we do? You know, this is this is how it is. I mean, who better than IO psychologists to uh, to figure out how to adapt to working collaboratively with teams in a virtual environment? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I kind of value now like team-based stuff more almost if the you know it sounds weird to say that but because i've always been more of like an independent worker but now since i can't go out and communicate with people face to face and just be there next to people asking questions i really look back and i'm like man i kind of took those for granted you know those late night lab sessions i was we were all complaining about like i really do miss those because now it's just much harder to communicate with people Yeah. I mean, I there's positives and negatives. I I certainly eh, I'm starting to miss it, you're right, but I was going to say I don't really miss my, you know, hour plus commute at uh 10:30 at night coming home from Hofstra, but it's, <laughs> it's the small things. But, you know, long term, I I don't know. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I kind of like, yeah, a long commute can suck, but I think it's just like getting in that zone, you know, oh, I'm going to class, you know, whether it be 30 minute drive or an hour drive, I'm going to class, I'm going to be there, I'm going to get my work done. Now, when you're at home, it can be harder to stay motivated. But I kind of want to ask you, though, because I know you're interning right now at a consulting firm as well. How's that experience been going for you? Yeah, so I'm I'm going on three and a half months now. I've been working as an associate management consultant at E. Rogers Associates, which is a uh, small management consulting firm. And I've really, really enjoyed what I've been doing. Um, a lot of the work has been directly applied from the classroom, actually really funny last week I was 
um, assigned at work to, you know, do some debriefs on a 360 feedback report for my boss. That same week, we were given an assignment to create our own summary reports for uh, BARS 360 that we created in our performance management class. So both those things simultaneously happening at work and school, uh, it was really cool just to see them align. Yeah, you got to love to see that, you know, the good old BARS. And, you know, it's very useful to know how to do that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm glad that you're having a good experience and you're using the IO knowledge that you're learning from your classes and applying it to the work setting. Because sometimes, you know, we learn all this stuff in class, but, you know, we may think, oh, are we actually going to use it? It's like, yes, we actually do use it. And all the assignments and projects that we've done have really been so beneficial for us. You know, even though they can be challenging, they are really good to, to know. Yeah, I don't know if you and uh, Sai, Dr. Islam, touched on it last week, but after taking his training and development course and having to create a full-length leader's guide and uh, training program, every time I do um, any sort of training online or offline, I notice all the details and the amount of work and effort that went in to, uh, to making that program. It's funny, I, I took a contact tracing course for COVID back uh, in quarantine and I looked at the the agenda and summary of the modules and I was like wow I really like how they laid this out fantastic job guys well done yeah that that is cool and yeah I don't think I don't think me and Dr. Islam brushed upon that but I know exactly what you're talking about like I see things that I would have never seen before uh, like IO people do a lot of the little things that are super important that people sometimes don't realize, like those training manuals, those leaders guides, there's a lot of work that goes into that, that really makes up the bigger picture. And, you know, even with like e-learning stuff, uh, I was taking some type of, uh, e-learning program the other day. And I'm just like, man, this, this stuff is so cool. Like, I wonder if they did that needs analysis or, you know, how, how do they do this instructional design? What are the instructional objectives? You know, how did they evaluate their training program? Yeah. And that is actually really important that I feel like some people don't do is evaluation. Right. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see when we go out, you know, full-time in the workforce and how we apply our learning and knowledge and, you know, see if we can scope out how things are happening. But it'll be funny now that this is recorded to go back and listen to it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So I want to ask you, though, uh, what would you say is your favorite IO topic or like IO area, I guess I could say? You know, because there's like training development, personnel selection, stuff like that. That question, you know, almost three quarters of the way through my uh, master's degree in I.O. is still really hard for me to answer because I love all of it. Um, People are at the root of all organizations um, and studying people and how we function and 
it's just all really, really interesting. I don't think I found a course or topic or area of the field that I've thought this is boring. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, we still have a whole nother semester of classes, so who knows, but I do agree that, uh, there are some classes that I didn't even think I'd like, but I really do love it all. Like personnel selection, for example, I'm sorry, Dr. Shahani, but I did not go into that with, uh, with the mindset of thinking that this was going to be, you know, a fun and interesting class, but just learning about all that stuff, you know, all the selection, what goes into selection, recruiting, screening, things like that. I don't know. I just thought it was really, really fascinating. And then you have, uh, you know, the organizational side of things too, like you have motivation. Oh, well, what else did we take? Like just, you know, uh, Nolan's class foundations of organizational psychology, you know, those are all really fascinating to me. Yeah. And I mean, I still try and simplify it into my mind, like the I side of IO, the industrial side and the O side, the organizational side. And I mean, I think, I think you're the same way. Um, I'm more interested in probably the organizational side of IO psych. So I really enjoyed learning about motivation and, um, teams and leadership. Um, I'm really excited to take our, uh, is it an org development seminar next semester? No, it's leadership development. Those types of things are are really interesting to me yeah and we're gonna have that seminar with evelyn rogers so that should be interesting for you yeah that's gonna be with my boss dr evelyn evelyn rogers um of e rogers associates and it'll be interesting they haven't told me anything that's gonna happen in the course uh time to time in meetings uh my boss will bring up the class but I don't know anything that's going to happen these next five weeks. And I'm super excited for it. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm, I'm really excited for it too, because I feel like in, in IO, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on the I part uh, because that is very important because that's kind of where all that HR and training and development stuff goes. But the, the O part, that organizational part, that's really, I think where, like all those super fascinating theories, you know, play a part and then you can kind of see how people operate in an organizational setting. Also, I mean, the I side, it ties in. They're not, they're not mutually exclusive in that there's two sides of the field. I still, I have a great appreciation for that I side, you know, which is more of the structural, um, it's not statistical because there's statistics on both sides, but structured statistical, like you said, you know, selection type of topics. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you, and I, I don't mean to put you on the spot or anything, but do you have any idea uh, what you want to do as far as like your future goals, where you would want to work at, uh, what you'd want to end up doing following the PhD route, or would you rather take some time off? Like, what, what do you think about that? So 
short term, I'm I'm going to be applying to PhD programs coming up uh, very soon, which I'm both nervous and excited for. Um, I I hope I get to continue learning about this great field on a on a deeper level. Uh, career wise, I I'd really love one day to work in leadership development, um, and that side of the field because people are so unique and interesting and there's not one specific type of person that is built to be a successful leader. Like, do you remember learning about the great man theory? Yeah. Yeah. No one's class. The great man doesn't exist. There's different qualities of different people that can make them great and effective leaders and figuring out how to nurture that in an organizational perspective, I think is just awesome. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and you're getting good experience with that too, with your, with your internship, right? Cause you're doing a lot of leadership development things. Yeah. My boss does a lot of work in executive coaching. Um, <clears throat> so I have exposure to a lot of those coaching cases and, you know, a big part of development in, for any employee is, you know, the 360 feedback surveys and, you know, hopefully a performance management system isn't just an annual type of thing as we learned. But, yeah, absolutely. Getting a lot of experience with that type of stuff. Yeah, but I'm also, you know, excited for you too since you're following that PhD route. I think for me, that's like the ultimate goal. But... You know, I'm leaning more towards taking, you know, that time off, maybe working, figuring out, you know, where I can put my put my foot in the door and kind of, you know, gauging out the the field. But, you know, PhD, I think, even though it's not necessary to have to have a successful career in IO, I think, you know, it's just like you said, just fascinating to to keep learning about those important topics and to engage in those classes. So, you know, I, I really do wish you the best of luck. I think, I think you have a really good shot of getting into a program and, you know, doing well, cause you're very research oriented as well. Uh, for the PhD though, would you like to stay at Hofstra or would you go somewhere else? You know, uh, I don't want to, uh, this is a Hofstra sponsored podcast, and, uh, <laughs> not monetarily. We're just helping put it on the student org here. Um, but we'll see to be determined. I, I have an idea in my head where I want to apply and where I want to go, but I'll let you know, uh, maybe off air. That's true. I, did, I didn't mean to, to blow up your spot like that. Hofstra does have a great PhD program, by the way, everyone please apply there. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, PhD is also useful to have if you want to go into teaching as well. Would you ever be interested in ever being a professor or teaching at a university level? Yes, I I would be interested in teaching. Uh, I don't think I'd like to pursue academia as a route. I'm definitely going into, you know, hopefully going into a PhD with 
the idea of becoming a practitioner and applying the skills I learn uh, in the program. But, you know, like we said, you know, before, we, we love spreading the good word of biopsychology. So I could definitely see myself uh, teaching in some capacity in the future. Right. So before we go, because we want to keep, you know, these student episodes a little shorter uh, so you guys don't get bored of us. <laughs> but before we go, Ari, do you have any tips or advice for anyone that's interested in IO and wants to uh, pursue it and be in a similar position as you are? Well, if you know, you're somehow listening to this podcast and don't know much about IO, uh, I say reach out to people who, you know, at a family dinner, say they're studying IO, uh, give it a quick Google. There's lots of great resources. Uh, PSYOP.org, the Society of Industrial Organizational Psychology, uh, is great. But for, for students studying I.O., I say really value your time in school. And if you're looking to apply your skills, try and apply the knowledge of what you're learning while you're at work because it just helps you learn it on that much more of a deeper level. That was beautiful advice, Ari. And I think everyone will learn a lot from what you have to say and what you do. And, you know, I just have to say that it's been an honor being uh, your fellow classmate as well. And even though we can't see each other in person anymore, you know, it's still great to have you on and hear your take on things. So thank you. It's been an honor and a privilege, sir. Wow, I can't believe I messed that up just as we're closing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, hopefully I could be on again sometime. Love talking IO. It's all right. I'll, I'll let it out, Ari. Don't worry. But <laughs> all right, that's it for tonight's episode. See you, everyone. After midnight, we're going to let.